welcome to Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making financial topics easier to understand. I'm Andrew Pellegrini. And I'm Nikki Jankola Shanks. Today we have a new guest on to talk to us about entrepreneurship and starting a business. Steve Bob is one of Andrew's colleagues. Steve, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and talk about your role at UIC's College of Business? Thank you. I'm Steve Bob, and I run a program called the Entrepreneurial Support Program, at, which is part of UIC's College of Business. I've been working for the university for almost eight years. I've been helping entrepreneurs for over 20 years in different environments. I really enjoy helping them grow their businesses and providing resources and tools and information to help them get their business started and then to grow that business and make it the successful venture that they desire it to be. Thank you so much for joining us today, Steve. Just so our listeners are aware, Steve and I have worked together for several years, and I've had a couple of my students who have gone through Steve's Venture Series workshops who cannot speak highly enough of Steve. So we're very excited that you're here, Steve. I know you've been helping people start businesses for a long time within Illinois. So you have some good perspective. What are some of the the types of businesses or industries that you've, you've helped with? Sure. So I was just thinking about who I've worked with over the last week. And so I made a short list here. I've spent some time with a guy who runs a restaurant. I've spent some time working with someone who's doing a gig worker marketplace. Very interesting thing that will be more known about later, a healthcare provider, two people in the information technology sectors, and various people in specialty retail, including health and beauty and other sundry products. So I talked to a lot of people from all kinds of different businesses. And one of the things is that I believe that, and, and I think it's very true, that the fundamentals of business are the same for everybody. Every business owner needs to have a concept that is appreciated by the market have a plan for how to find those customers, have a plan for how to operate so that they make those customers happy. And there's a financial picture that comes in, financial records that tell us how that's working and how the business is doing financially. So Steve, we talk a lot about economics on this podcast and what influences our economy. In what ways does entrepreneurship impact our economy? So Entrepreneurship really is the foundation of our economy. A lot of times when you hear the press and when you probably when a lot of people think about just the business world, we often think about those big businesses because they get a lot of names. They they are a lightning rod for criticism, but those are very important, but also the small mom and pop operation, the the local convenience store that that maybe is part of a national chain but is probably run by you know a couple of people maybe owned by the family the dry cleaners the gas station so many of these businesses while they might have links to larger businesses are often much smaller operations and so that is the foundation of what makes our economy work and it's super important that we support those organizations those businesses as they grow and that we as consumers shop from them because the money stays local and helps them to provide a resource. And then they become the students in our schools, the kids that we see every day, the kids that our kids go to school with, and the people that provide the resources that we need, whether that's food or services, it's, it's all cycled together. That makes a lot of sense. 
isn't it true? I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but that small businesses still are the largest sect of employees and employers in mm-hmm. the United States today. Yeah, I don't I don't have numbers at the top of my head. I could certainly look those up. But yes, most of the employees are work for small businesses much more likely than for a large business. And the economy is very much based on those small businesses. The Small Business Administration uses a definition of a small business, and there are a few other nuances to this, but in general, they say up to 500 employees. I think that that's pretty large, but from a government standpoint, they kind of divide the world uh, businesses with more than 500 or businesses with less. And certainly there's many more that have less employees. I didn't realize that a small business is still considered technically up up to that number of employees. Very interesting. One other thing that I've heard about when you launch a business that can really influence your success is the timing of when you launch. Can you highlight any broad considerations for any of our listeners that may be thinking about starting a business, but aren't sure about the timing? Sure. I think that You should think about timing as you think about starting a small business. At the same time, I don't think that should be a person's most important consideration. I think that we all can procrastinate too easily. But there are certainly, you know, you wouldn't want to sell Christmas trees in July. You wouldn't want to focus on selling suntan lotion in the winter. So there's certainly, there are logical things about that. But at the same time, I think that people need to just move ahead through the process and then see what they can learn and how that affects them. The reality in my experience is that for many people, the reality is that the best laid plans don't happen at the speed they want them. A couple years ago, I had a lady come to me who wanted to open a retail type business and she kept coming in saying, I found the perfect location. And a couple months later, it was, oh, that fell through. And in reality, they were legitimate reasons. And actually, I'm very glad for her that things did fall through because some of those places turned out to be uh, not so good, we learned in, in retrospect. But at the same time, it reminded me, and I've seen this happen with many other people, it takes a lot more time to work through all those issues. And so you should definitely figure out what makes most sense in terms of when this type of business should be open, but then know that the market's going to have a lot of impact on it. And that perfect location all of a sudden becomes not the perfect location, or you discover something that causes a reason why you have to rethink your location. And so it takes time. I would say that in most cases, it's going to take at least twice as long as you had hoped. Uh, That just seems to be the reality of the way life works. And so be prepared for that. I think that makes a lot of sense. We always, as humans, underestimate how long it's going to take us to do things, especially with so many unknown factors with starting a business. Just learning as much as you can is is the best way to get started. Shifting gears a little bit. Some of our listeners know that I'm a big psychology nerd. I'm not sure how much, Steve, you know that I'm a big psychology nerd, but you're about to find out. I'm, I don't know if you've heard of Onet online, but they this is a website that has like all different types of careers located on it, like job descriptions, generalized job descriptions, what skills and knowledge and education are needed for those different jobs. But they have something that's called 
the ONET Interest Profiler, which is this validated tool that helps people identify what their interests are and potential career paths for those interests. And one of the interest groupings in that interest profiler is called, I think, enterprising, and it leads to entrepreneurship. And, and don't worry, listeners, for all my fellow psychology nerds that like inventories, we'll put the interest profiler link in the show notes. But Steve, can you talk a little bit about entrepreneurial personality traits and, and what is common with people that enter entrepreneurship? Sure. There's certainly been people who have done a lot of research into this area and I tend to believe that for most people, there are certain, I'm going to use environmental expectations of entrepreneurs, but many different types of people have been successful as entrepreneurs. I think there are certain skills that entrepreneurs really need to be comfortable developing. And the first one that comes to mind is selling. I think that a lot of people underestimate how important the sales process is going to be both selling their idea to others, including investors, and then selling their product or service. And I think that if you aren't willing to take the time to learn how to sell and how to communicate what you're trying to do, both to the people who are going to support you and to those customers in the future, you're going to have a real problem with that. Now, sales can be done by people who are introverted or extroverted. And there are some people who have this perception that sales is kind of a a slimy or a less desirable skill, but we're selling all the time. Andrea had to sell me on doing this podcast with her. We have to sell our family. I have to sell my kids on what we should do this weekend for entertainment. So we're all in the sales business all the time. And I think that I tend to think of sales as educating other people about what I have to offer. But I have run into people who are just like, no, I can't ever sell. I don't want to be a salesperson. I want to make my product or I want to keep track of of how we're doing and be the accountant type. And every business needs those people. But if you're not willing to sell what you want to produce, you're going to really struggle. Other things that come up are people having confidence in making decisions and there's certainly a need that at some point you as an entrepreneur will have to hopefully gather information from your mentors, from your advisors, from people around you. And then you have to make a decision and go out in the marketplace and see what the impact of that decision are. Being perseverant. So my story about the entrepreneur who had to go through looking for multiple locations for her business, if if she had said, oh, I've seen two spaces and the last one fell through and oh no, this one just fell through and be like, I'm not going to keep going. She would not be where she is today. So perseverance is important. Independence, knowing that you're the one who makes the decisions. And yes, entrepreneurship is lonely at times. You will have to make decisions. You will know information that you can't share with your employees because maybe, you know, maybe it's that sales didn't come through and I'm not sure how I'm going to pay that bill, but I've got to keep plugging on. So those are all things that really do come into play. And there's a business feasibility checklist that's put out in a book by the state called Starting Your Business in Illinois Handbook that has some questions about things that entrepreneurs need to be comfortable with and need to think about. 
And I would certainly say that if if you're thinking about entrepreneurship, you should take some time to learn about some of the characteristics that help entrepreneurs be successful. Most of these things can be learned and you can develop those skills over time. So the question that sometimes will come up is, are people born entrepreneurs? Well, there are certainly people who come to life with more ability to sell more independence, but those are also things that I believe that people can learn. And I think probably one of the most important things is do surround yourself with people who will support you on the journey. You don't want only people who say yes to you, but you want people who will ask tough questions and will help you think through those things. That is all very interesting to me. And I I also love those interest type profiles. So Andrew, I will, I will be taking it. So Steve, let's say somebody has a business idea or they dream of starting a business. How does somebody get started? I feel like maybe getting started would be one of the most intimidating factors in this. Sure. A plan for a business, I think is one of the most important things anybody can do. And while there's no guarantee that it will be successful, and there's no nothing that will tell you, and if someone does, I would be very hesitant, that a business plan is going to make you successful. What I have seen multiple times is that people who take the time to plan are much more successful. And so some people say, oh, a business plan is really hard, takes a lot of time. It does, but it helps you screen out your ideas to think through your ideas and to use some ideas that other people have come up with to help you judge the validity of your idea and the opportunity for success. So I'm a strong believer that everybody should have a business plan. There are lots of different templates on the internet that you can search. And I like to tell people that I'm I'm agnostic about which type of plan you use. I want you to use a plan that you feel good about, that you feel is a tool that's helping you analyze and make decisions and take the steps to move forward. And so I encourage you to look at some of the different tools and then to just pick one and start to use it. I also believe and have seen multiple times that the planning process changes the way people think about things. And I don't study psychology like Andrea does, so I don't know what what it does, but there really does seem to be something about people who take the time to plan that it just helps them have a broader perspective on things and think through things in a different way. One of the biggest risks is what we don't know. And it's kind of scary to think, well, what I don't know. But at the same time, I think the beauty of the planning process is that many people have thought through this, successful people, people who have had hiccups in the road and have said, these are things you want to address in your plan. And so hopefully you go in with a well-rounded plan and have a clear picture of the risks and opportunities. I would rather see someone take the time to put together a plan and then go, you know what, I just don't think the return is here. I think the risks are too hard or too high than to jump right in and then find out, oh, this was a a problem or this was a regulatory issue that I didn't know I would have to deal with or some other cause of making this extra challenging. So the planning process also forces you to to think about these issues. And I use a tool called Growth Wheel. Uh, It's something that a a gentleman from Europe came up with a number of years ago and has trained a bunch of consultants now around the world to use. A very common tool that's often talked about is the business model canvas. And if you do an internet search on that, you'll 
find a lot of information. There are people who talk about lean plans, and then there are various traditional formats. Ultimately, I always come back to three things and encourage people to think about these three things as they're putting together their plan. The plan has got to address a marketing process. How does this business intend to communicate to customers and ultimately encourage those customers to say yes to what the business is selling? Once the customers say yes, then there needs to be some operational information. How does the business deliver to those customers? And ultimately, the goal is that those customers will end up being happy and so happy that they'll come back whenever the appropriate time is to buy another product. So if you're selling you know, something simple, a gallon of milk, then once they say yes, is there anything you can do to facilitate so that they'll come back and buy their next gallon of milk from you and hopefully their next gallon and become a routine customer? Maybe it's like a car. They only do that every couple of years. But again, it would be great from a business perspective if you were able to be a repeat customer. And then there's always a financial picture that's involved in all this. And so investors and lenders typically are looking for some sets of financial documents. And while the financing industry and the financial process is, is another thing that entrepreneurs need to learn, there is some standard stuff that is included a balance sheet, an income and expense, or a profit and loss statement, a cash flow projection are the three most common parts of the financial section. So those are really important parts of that. Steve, I have kind of a surprise question. Have you worked with people that are risk averse, but they want to start a business? So they are doing it like they're starting the business on the side to kind of develop a knowledge of the financial aspects that they might need to grow their business if they shift from their full-time employment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the world of, of people of entrepreneurs is, is very broad. And so, yes, there are people who are just like, you know, I'm just going to start selling this, you know, maybe using a, an electronic tool or maybe going to farmer's markets or flea markets uh, to learn the basics of what is important. We always want to be keeping our ear to the ground to hear what customers want, what's important to them. I have a quote that I like to share, customers buy for their reasons, not ours. And it's really important that we take the time to really understand what's important to customers and be flexible. A couple of years ago, I worked with an entrepreneur who uh, actually was an immigrant to the United States and he wanted to sell food from his home country. He wanted to do it in a culturally authentic way. Unfortunately, some of the cultural practices that he wanted to encourage included eating with your hands and eating in community. In the marketplace where he was trying to do that, people were a little uncomfortable with that. And so we have to learn to listen to our customers. And sometimes we have to make decisions that we personally wouldn't necessarily agree with. Hopefully they're not ethical or moral decisions, but doing things in a way that fits into the marketplace of what people want. People start with very small projects. Sometimes people start with a little bigger project. There's there's a room for all that and there's a learning. The other thing I'll say is I bet if you talk to most entrepreneurs, and certainly this has been my experience, a lot of successful entrepreneurs, if you ask them their story, you'll find out that they had a quote unquote failure in their past. Hopefully they learned from that. And part of the entrepreneurial journey is often learning some lessons the hard way, but hopefully that makes us better people and better entrepreneurs. I think one of the personality traits that I have read about for entrepreneurs is resilience, 
which is also common in like academic persistence. So there's a lot of commonalities between higher ed students and entrepreneurs. So I think that all of that makes a lot of sense. So with all of that in mind and all of the different experiences and businesses, industries that you've worked with, what are some common questions that you get about starting and launching a business? A lot of times people have heard about regulatory type things, government rules. And in most cases, there are going to be some government rules and expectations that you're going to have to address. So certainly one that I can't imagine anybody not having to comply with is tax issues. So spending some time looking at the, if you're in Illinois, the Illinois Department of Revenue's website and understanding what you're going to be expected to do both as a business owner and if you're going to have employees, what you need to do as an employer. There are expectations for both those. Certainly, they're not super difficult. Every once in a while, people come up with nuances where, well, if I do this, does that make a difference? And some of those questions will take a little bit of research. Are you required to collect sales tax for what you're selling? Are there special taxes? And certainly, there are some industries where that comes into play. There could be regulatory issues about using your house for your business or where you're working out of. And certainly, in some of the bigger cities, there's a higher expectation that you'll have a business license. One of the things that sometimes people have said is if you can hear it, if you can smell it, if you can feel it. So if you're manufacturing and you have to have a machine that makes a lot of noise or belches out a lot of smoke, there's probably regulatory issues about where you can have that. I know the state of Illinois, and I suspect most other states, if you're making food, there are expectations about how you do that. There are some rules called cottage food laws for people who are making products at their home and in small volumes. But if you're hoping to run a catering business or a restaurant, at some point, you're going to have to deal with, you know, where you make that food, what the expectations are of what you have in the kitchen, what kind of safety knowledge you know about making sure that you're keeping people safe. And obviously, we don't want people to get sick because of what we sell. So those are some external things that come into play. People often ask about financing and finding investors and money to start their business. Certainly, there's a whole lot of information about that. I would encourage you to read on the internet sources of information about uh, how to get a loan, where to find investors. Do ask lots of questions about that. There are some people who make loans that are less favorable and offer financing that I wouldn't want to encourage people to go through because it can be very challenging. But those are probably the areas that I hear most questions about. Steve, just because if, if I, I'm just sitting here imagining myself listening to this podcast, thinking I want to start a business and just getting a little overwhelmed with everything. Is there anywhere or anyone or in particular where people can go for help or guidance? Most of the universities and colleges in the in the state have some connection to some program that will help businesses. So at UIC, we have the Entrepreneurial Support Program. I know that Urbana and Springfield also have some entrepreneurial resources. There's a network of what's called the Small Business Development Centers that the Small Business Administration supports. And there are a number of those throughout the state of Illinois. Looking online, I would encourage someone to look for a business plan template and use that to start looking at the questions that go into that. Part of the process is just really saying, okay, what are the steps I need to do? And it's a discovery 
road that will take you down, always asking more questions, always asking for people to give you some feedback on what makes sense. Some of the the well-known business magazines, Inc. and Fortune, have some good resources online. I'd certainly be glad to talk with people. I work with people mainly in the Chicagoland area, but I do work with people across the state occasionally who are looking for resources, and I try to point people in the direction to find resources that they have locally as well. And after listening to this podcast, what do you, because clearly this should be everybody's first stop to starting a business, (laughs) but what do you suggest a person's next steps for starting a business be, especially if they're in the very early stages? I would start getting a business plan template and start to fill it out, even if it's just a few words on the different questions. But most of the questions in a template, even though you might go, well, what does this mean? Well, then you're going to need to do some research on that. Most of them have a place where you need to address those issues. Some of them might be down the road. Maybe there's a question about what are you going to do about facilities? Well, maybe you're going to start working out of your home. And so that's not a big issue now. But once you start to add employees, once you start to need maybe a location to manufacture something, you need to start thinking about that question. Maybe you don't think that there's any reason to have legal advice right now, but as you go down the road, maybe at some point you do need to do that. So just start searching for information on those different topics and talking to people who are specialists in those areas who can give you more advice on how to move forward. To me, the planning process is something that you start early and it takes you through and it gives you answers to those questions. Now, you might not know the answers right away and it might take you a few months. In general, I would say that a good business plan is not something you can write in a weekend. A good business plan is something that's going to take you a few months to put together and then start sharing that with other people who you think are wise, who can give you advice on it. Because I think that the more people, I don't think you should publicly share your business plan, but I also think you shouldn't be hesitant to share that with other people who you think are wise and can give you insight into what things you need to address in it. Thank you, Steve. I think another step you can take if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, ah, I want to get started, but I don't know where to start is you can sign up for our upcoming webinar. So Steve and I are co-hosting a webinar called Side Hustles and Small Businesses on October 26th. And this is a free webinar that's open to the public, even though both of us are at University of Illinois campuses, but we're sharing our wealth of knowledge with the broader public. So we'll put the registration link of go.uillinois.edu slash get savvy webinars in the show notes for you to register, but there'll be a little more or a little different information in that webinar than what we've covered today. I'm excited about having the opportunity. I'm excited about having the opportunity to share more information during that webinar. It's going to be a lot of fun. It will be. And I just want to thank you so much for being here today, Steve. We love having guests on and you I really feel like took a, a hard subject and, and gave us some of the, the basics for people to get started. So thank you. And is there anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with before signing off today? Uh, thank you very much for having me. I would just encourage if, if entrepreneurship is something that you are interested in, go explore the topic, learn what you can about it. There's lots of resources out there. And I think that you can develop something that will encourage you and give you opportunities to generate additional revenue. Thank you again, Steve and listeners for joining us today. 
And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share Making Sense of Money on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.